Welcome to Just One More Story, a weekly podcast featuring unique and interesting stories that are inspired by true and personal events. Some are thinking, why should I listen to this podcast? Well, to be perfectly honest, who better to tell a story than the person that wrote it? And in this case, that writer is me, your host, George Walters. With that, let's get started. Hi folks, thanks for joining me here today. Today I'm going to talk a bit on growing a vegetable that many like and enjoy, but aren't too sure on how to go about things. If there's one thing that I like doing more than anything else, it is working in my vegetable garden throughout the summer months. Why is that? Well, I suppose it is because of my upbringing. For the first part of my life, I was boarded out on a dairy farm in a small town called Coldwater in northern Ontario, Canada. There I learned about animals, their behavior, and growing the feed one needs for them to survive, along with that, what nature has to offer. I also learned a lot about growing certain vegetables and things too, but most of my knowledge of growing fruit came from my old dad later on in life when I moved back home, which was located in Beansville, Ontario, Canada. There he set my lovely wife and I up with a small farm and taught me most of what I know today in the farming department. There wasn't much that he didn't know when it came to growing things and working the land, especially when it came to growing and caring for vegetables and fruits of all kinds. Later on, my wife and I even got into making our own wine for a spell, and I have to say it turned out pretty good too. But to be fair, I didn't make it all on my own, as my lovely wife played a good part in its success. She had a knack that seemed to bring the best out of it. I have to admit, even though I am not into the farming as I once was, I still enjoy working the land and helping things grow. I don't know how to really explain it. It's just something about being out among the soil and plants that I seem to never get enough of. I guess the old saying is that you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy is true. So, with that bit of information under your hat... Which, by the way, you need to be wear, which you need to wear when you're going to be working in your garden in a great amounts. Let's get on with a story I've lined up for you today. Oh, oh, yeah. My lovely wife said for me to mention that I did write a book on gardening and things a while back, which is called "Join Me in the Garden," which is available on Amazon.ca and Amazon.com, in case you're interested. It's loaded with things that I have learned over the years and written with words that everyone can understand. You can also email me at storiesofkeepingnotes.com if you have any questions regarding my books, wanting information, or heck, just to say hello. Anyways, I hope you enjoy growing your own horseradish. You know, over the years I have grown a lot of different kinds of fruits and vegetables. One that stands out is horseradish roots. If you have never tasted homemade horseradish, well, let me tell you, you're missing out on something special. You have to remember when getting ready to plant horseradish that it is a perennial, meaning it will keep coming back every year. You could say it's kind of like getting a bonus with your paycheck every week. That is, if you're still working, which I am not in one sense, but in other ways, my days are still full, which is a good thing, really, as it keeps my mind on the important things in life. 
For myself, being retired means that my paycheck comes from what I earned and saved over the years, along with my government pension. Nothing to write home about. But my lovely wife and I get by. Anyways, this isn't about pensions. Today I don't buy anything other than preannuals anymore when I do buy it, especially when it comes to flowers and certain kinds of vegetables, as there is no reason to, being that they keep coming back every year all on their own. When you do get ready to plant horseradish, you should also keep this in mind. You want to make sure you plant them in a spot where they won't be disturbed or interfered with other plants. For example, you should never place tall plants next to short plants, as the tall plants will deprive the short plants of the much-needed sunlight. Anyways, the nice thing about horseradish is that the pH in your soil can be anywhere from around 5 to 7, which gives you plenty of leeway, as most soils are in, are or in around that range. And a quick way to find out the pH of an area is to look to see if there are any hydrangeas growing nearby. If so, observe the color of its flowers. A soil of pH or 6 or below will produce blue flowers, while a soil pH of 6 to 8 or 7 or higher will produce pink flowers. If you don't have a hydrangea, I would suggest that it might be a good idea picking one up and planting it near your vegetable garden. You could say it takes the guesswork out of what might or might not be. There are other ways of checking the pH in your soil. Today there are hundreds of different scientific testers to choose from. Some complicated, others as simple as sticking it into the soil and reading what it says. Myself, I like the hydrangeas as they not only can tell the pH of your soil, but they look good and draw numerous beneficial insects into your garden, which is needed if you want your crops to thrive. Thinking back to my farming days, my wife and I had a row of horseradish around 20 feet long and 5 feet wide. At first, we only had enough for us and our immediate family, but after a period of two years, we had more than we could use, and eventually we were digging it and selling it on the farmer's market alongside our other fruits and vegetables. We did bring some with us when we moved here to the north, but somehow it got misplaced, I guess, and... We never did find it. I still scratch my head today wondering where it ended up. A year later, though, I was down at Louis' place in St. Catharines, Ontario, where some might know it as the Niagara region here in Ontario, Canada. At any rate, Louis was a very good friend of mine, and he dug me up some plants from his garden, which I brought back home. Today we have more than I need once again. Old, Le Old Louis has passed on now. But as long as I am walking around, he will never be forgotten. Great fellow, and I miss our chat sitting in his backyard enjoying a cool one. I actually wrote a story about Louis along with other friends of mine, which I will share with you from time to time in the future. Another thing you should know is you can plant horseradish either in the fall of the year or in the spring, as it doesn't really matter. But what does matter is that the roots has to have had a taste of the cold weather before planting. So if you plant it in the spring, make sure it has felt the cold. If you're not sure, wrap the root in a paper bag like the old lunch bags and put them in the fridge overnight. No longer than overnight though. Once you're ready to plant them, make sure you dig a good size hole for each root, about the size of a half a bushel. 
The reason is that with any root crop, it is essential that it has room to move freely. The next step I can't stress enough. Just before putting the roots into the ground, put a handful of good compost or manure into each hole, then cover lightly with more soil. Add two or three cups of rainwater or well water, and then plant your horseradish roots, filling in the rest of the hole you just dug. I found it's good to keep a barrel or two of fresh rainwater on hand at all times. Throughout the growing season, which is easy to do nowadays by running your reed troughs into them. I should also mention the steel barrels are better than them plastic ones. Why? Well, I found the plastic ones gives off chemicals that can cause some issues like burning of the leaves on the tender plants such as lettuce and strawberries. However, taking the time to do this with all plants will ensure they have a good start in life. You could think of them as being your young ones. You wouldn't just send them out into the world without a bit of help, right? Moving along, once they are planted, it won't be long before you see them sprouting up above the ground, seeking out the sunshine. Don't worry too much if they wilt a bit, as being so young and tender, they seem to do this at first. In no time, though, at all, they will straighten out all on their own. The first year of crop is the tastiest I've found, but just remember, it's best not to dig them till after the frost. Some folks do, but I like the taste better later on. But then again, it's totally up to you. When you do get to digging your first crop, you have to remember that this is the time to split the roots a bit and replant for next year. In doing so, you won't have to keep on buying new plants every year. Thinking about things, there hasn't been too many plants that I have ever had to buy more than once. The reason for this is that if there is any possible way of saving seeds, grafting, or propagating, I have done it over the years. Not that I'm cheap, mind you. Well, maybe a wee bit. But it's just that, why not use what you got? It also gives a person a sense of self-gratification. I should also mention that if you happen to see your horseradish the first year not doing so well, which shouldn't be the case if you did what I recommended in the beginning, you can add a bit of low nitrogen fertilizer around each plant. Let's say a spoonful, no more. I sit around the base of the plant. Don't let the fertilizer touch the plant itself, as it could burn and cause, more, cause you more problems. I like to make a ring around the plant of sort, about a couple inches out. Again, I keep saying this, when buying fertilizer, I always keep them three numbers on the bag the same. My favorite for fruit trees and vegetables is 10-10-10. That is, if I don't have any grass cuttings, as it can be used for everything. Vegetable gardens, flower gardens, fruit trees, and even the lawn. What do them numbers in the bag mean? Glad you asked. Makes me believe you're interested in what I'm telling you here today. The first number is the amount of nitrogen, the second number is the amount of phosphate, and the third number is the amount of potassium. So let's say you purchased a 50 pound bag, 5 pounds or 10% would be nitrogen, 5, pound, five pounds would be phosphorus, and 5 pounds would be potassium. The remaining 70% is, well, simply filler, some kind of ingredient that is there mostly to help scatter the chemicals. One more thing on these three numbers that I should mention. Nitrogen promotes the 
promotes growth and a nice green color. Phosphorus is important for root growth and strength, while potassium helps strengthen the plant's abilities to resist diseases. They are all, they are all very important, but all should be equal for maximum success. Grass cuttings, though, are my favorite, and in the early spring, I save it in piles all around my gardens so that I have easy access to it. I should also mention that I like to get it de- I, let, I should also mention I, that I like to let it decompose for a week, if possible, before using. But I have to admit that it's hard for me to do, as I love to get my hands into its goodness, feeling the warmth and the aroma it gives off. You could say. It is a sweet smell of success it gives off that us farmers depend on to nourish our crops. Anyways, if you don't get over anxious like I sometimes do, if there are any seeds mixed in with the cuttings, they usually die off, which will save you some weeding later on when things get to growing. Another thing worth mentioning is that horseradish likes to grow near potatoes and fruit trees. It helps make the potatoes more resistant to to the disease. And if planted under apple trees, it will help with brown rot, powdery mildew, and other fungal diseases. You could say it's Mother Nature's way of looking after herself without the harsh chemicals that are out there today. But while on the topic of sprays, you can also make a spray from the horseradish roots, which helps with the prevention of fungal diseases and potato bugs. Oh, okay, I'll give you the mixture and how to make it. First off, Take one cup of roots and put them in a food processor till they are finely chopped. Then combine this with 16 ounces or a half a liter of water in a glass container and let it soak for about 24 hours. Then strain out the liquid and discard the solids. Nope, not done just yet. Now, mix the liquid, two quarts or one and and three-quarter liters of water. Now we're finished. Once you have it made, put it into a sprayer that covers well and get to work. That's all there is to it, and no dangerous pesticides needed. Well, I should mention the spray you just made could bother your eyes somewhat if care isn't taken. So, there you have it on how to grow your own horseradish. I hope it gives you the urge to plant a few roots. For my lovely wife and I, nothing is tastier than a homemade batch of creamy horseradish especially on a good old hot dog. And one last thing, whenever possible, why not put out a chair near your garden and just let the smells and the good feelings come over you. That's what it's all about, my friends. What's that? Oh, all right. Here's a good old time horseradish recipe. Grate very fine a couple small horseradish roots. Then take, taking two tablespoons of the crushed roots, Mix a teaspoon of salt and four tablespoons of cream. Stir briskly and add slowly a small wine glass of vinegar. That's it. Hmm, I wonder if I can talk the wife into making me a roast beef sandwich for lunch. I think we had some leftover from supper last night. There's nothing that gets my mouth to water in more than a spoonful of homemade horseradish spread out on the top of a roast beef sandwich. Well, other than maybe a couple pieces of old cheddar cheese. That's it for today, folks. But before I go, I would like to mention that all my stories are also available in books. We have seven books to choose from, and each book has over 50 short stories. The titles of the books are One More Story, 
Moments in time, paths we choose, times changing, keep turning pages, join me in the garden, and nature's gateway to health. All of our books are available on Amazon.ca or Amazon.com, in ebooks or paperback. If you would like more information regarding my books or podcasts, you can email me at any time at stories at keepingnotes.com. I'll say that one more time stories at keepingnotes.com. I'll get back to you. You can also listen to my podcasts on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, The Walters Post, and Google Home. Just say, hey Google, play Just One More Story by George Walters. And if you enjoy my podcasts, share them with others or tell a friend. In doing so, it will help me make more podcasts for all to enjoy. And finally, I would like to thank you all for listening. And don't forget to tune in every Friday for a new episode of Just One More Story by George Walters.